we'd like to welcome you back to part two of our current event and weekly Bible study for August 10th, 2014. Uh, got a long way to go. I'm only on page five of the 18-page PDF for today's date, so I hope I can get through it all in a four, over a four-hour period. I don't know. Anyway, first report, Ebola outbreak, 2014. The WHO, the World Health Organization on Emergency Declaration. This was published uh, two days ago. Dr. Margaret Chan, the Director General of the World Health Organization, said that the current Ebola outbreak um, in West Africa is a public health emergency of international concern. Okay, so we're going to go ahead and play this little audio clip here. It's pretty short of this uh, Director of the World Health Organization making this declaration. This morning, I am declaring the current outbreak of Ebola virus disease a public health emergency of international concern. The committee's decision was unanimous. Its advice to me acknowledges the serious and unusual nature of the outbreak and the potential for further international spread, but also the need for strong international coordination of the response. The declaration of a public health emergency of international concern alerts the world to the need for high vigilance for possible cases of Ebola virus disease, but by no means implies that all countries, or even many countries, will see Ebola cases. Only a small part of the African continent is currently affected. Above all, the committee's conclusions and my decisions are a clear call for international solidarity. Countries affected to date simply do not have the capacity to manage the, an outbreak of this size and complexity on their own. That was me in the background playing the xylophone. I just couldn't help myself. Anyway, um, so let's go further here. Next report, uh, CDC Director Tom uh, Frieden, uh, Ebola spread to U.S. is inevitable. Uh, Mike Adams uh, reporting that the spread of Ebola to the USA is inevitable, said this head of the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention on Thursday. Tom Frieden made the statement to a House subcommittee hearing. Ken Isaacs, vice president of the program and government relations to the Christian aid group Samaritan's Purse, warned that, quote, the world is woefully ill-equipped to handle the spread of Ebola, reports uh, Yahoo News. <clears throat> it is clear that the disease is uncontained and is out of control in West Africa. He told the hearing, the international response to the disease has been a failure. If you read the Ministry of Health status reports coming out every day from Liberia, I don't mean to be dramatic, but it is an atmosphere of it has an atmosphere of quote apocalypse now in it," said Isaacs, as reported by Breibart.com. The spread of Ebola to the U.S. will likely happen due to international air travel. CDC head uh, Frieden warned, "Today's Ebola outbreak is the largest ever recorded in history." Is the CDC perhaps preparing America for an announcement that that Ebola is now being found in U.S. patients? The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention have issued 
have issued its highest alert activation over Ebola outbreak, reports CBS News. The CDEC director, Dr. Tom Frieden, announced in, on Twitter Wednesday that their operations center has now moved to a, quote, level one response, end of quote. So these are just brief snippets from these main articles. I give you the links to all these if you want to explore them uh, further in the PDF. Next report, uh, health authorities concealing number from the public. During a segment concerning the admission of potential Ebola victim at Mount Sinai Hospital in New York City, CNN's Dr. Sanjay Gupta revealed that there has been at least six cases at the hospital which prompted doctors to test for Ebola, but the details were not divulged publicly, <laughs> which is nice, you know. Glad they're keeping us up to speed. Gupta also appeared to suggest that patients being treated for the Ebola virus were not being uh, kept in isolation. When he stated, <laughs> this isn't the kind of thing that they worry about spreading to other patients in the hospital. I mean, what a moron. I'm sorry. Th this is insanity. This isn't the kind of thing they worry about spreading to other patients in the hospital. Spreading to people who are walking around the hospital. Because this is not an airborne virus. You fork-tongue-lying devil. Yes, it is airborne. I've already went over all of that. Why, if it's not airborne, why do all of these doctors that you see over in Africa, why are they in full, like, hazmat biological gear if it's not airborne? Why is it then, are the airport, are the, uh, that warning on the airplanes that I talked about, and I'll get into that again this week, where they're saying, you know, um, basically to prevent an airborne contamination of an airplane, do this, 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 and this. They're admitting, the governments are admitting that it's airborne, but they're talking out of two sides of their mouth, saying, well, it's not airborne. Yes, it is airborne. It's 100% airborne. It's all a lie. Whereas the Public um, Health Agency of Canada's official website said that airborne spread among humans is strongly suspected. It, it's, a, it's a fact. The stuff is totally airborne. The CDC has urged airline staff to take steps to prevent the airborne spread of the virus, including giving suspected Ebola, Ebola victims surgical masks, as well as directing staff to not use compressed air, which might spread infectious material through the air. Again, totally airborne. They're just talking out of two sides of their mouth. I mean, when they brought that patient into Atlanta, I mean, both the patients and the, um, I don't know, paramedics wheeling them in were both in full, I mean, like, biological hazmat gear. Both the patient and the people wheeling them in. But, but it's not airborne. It's not airborne. Come, in, come on. There's no, there's no risk there. It's just, it's just insanity when they say that. This is a red alert in terms of the Ebola virus. We now have proof coming out of a government agency that this thing is airborne. Mind you, the leader of the World Health Organization came out and stated that this outbreak has shown to go airborne, something different than any other outbreak in history. It seems like a majority of the people look right past this because they want to turn on the TV and listen to the mainstream media, which is lying to you and not giving you the facts about this. Neither is the government of the United States, which I believe is behind this whole thing. So you're going to have to look elsewhere to get the truth, because when you ask if this can go airborne out of the United States government, they will not tell you, no, it can't. 
they will tell you that they're not sure because they have yet to be able to test this. Meaning, they've yet to grab two people and stricken them with Ebola. Because that's what they would have to do to test this. You see? So, they've done it. You know they've done it. They're just not going to admit it because they're going to ask what people did you test this on. And it's going to open up a whole can of worms here. So what they're going to do is they're going to stick to the story that they're not sure if this can go airborne. Now, when you go looking to other government agencies like Canada, they're letting loose the information. When you look into the modes of transmission here, it states, and this is where everyone needs to pay attention because this information is vital when it comes to Ebola. You can catch this by coming into contact with someone that is sick or dead. That is a human. Now, you can also get infected by handling a sick or dead non-human primate. Just like the movie, 28 days later, you're talking sick monkeys spreading a disease to humans, and this is 100% possible. What about the show Outbreak with Dustin Hoffman and Morgan Freeman? That was the whole mode of, of, trans, of transmission there. When that, that movie was totally about Ebola. They changed the name, but even even the, the microscopic slides were Ebola. They look exactly pretty much like the Ebola um, like Ebola on the slides and outbreak, and that that movie's you know over a decade old. So I mean, and that was from monkeys. This is the kicker, and this is the biggest part of the whole thing. They state in handling these primates, you're also at risk of handling the bodies of humans in preparation for funerals, suggesting possible transmission through aerosol droplets in the laboratory. Infection through small particle aerosols has been confirmed. Meaning it's, yes, airborne transmission is a very viable, possible way that you could contract it. That's what he's he's basically saying there. I watched a documentary the other day where these... Uh, people in Liberia, where they eat what they call bush meat quite a bit, it's it's a staple part of their diet. You can go right into the marketplaces there, and I mean, these are the most disgusting marketplaces I have ever seen. It's like, they've got monkey guts on one table, and, you know, just all the stuff, m- monkeys that have been, like, dried, like beef jerky. And I mean, they, it showed these two guys, and they were like, oh yeah, we don't care, we, we don't believe in Ebola. And, and they, they were literally, they took a, like a monkey dried monkey leg that the guy, the reporter had bought, and he says, oh yeah, we'll eat it right now, we won't even cook it, I mean, I don't I don't think it was like, fully cooked, I think it was maybe like, dry like beef jerky, or something, and they literally ripped it apart, one guy cut his hand, while they were ripping it apart, and they're sitting there gnawing on it, in the middle of the street, the one guy's bleeding, and then they show the lady, they they, they take um, part of uh, a, a monkey, whatever, into into and he gives it to his wife, and she starts cutting it up, and she cuts herself. She's bleeding everywhere. You know, which is always fun when you're preparing meals, you know, to kind of have that as part of the, the whole uh, concoction. And, you know, and I'm, I'm like, well, yeah, I, I can't see any possible transmission route for Ebola here. They keep monkeys as pets. I mean, they're getting these monkeys from the very region where the original Ebola outbreak came from Liberia. It's like some part of the jungle called like Labo or something. And I mean, I'm like... Oh, I mean, you talk about at risk. And and I just watched that documentary the other day. Ladies and gentlemen, confirmed 
in primates, and airborne spread among humans is strongly suspected. There's the truth, folks. It is airborne. It's the truth. It's the facts. And the writing's on the wall. You can continue to listen to the lies until it's too late. That's from the Public Health Agency of Canada, these announcements. you got to stay ahead of the game here, because right now they can't even catch up to the game to try to stop this. You're going to have to protect yourself, and that does not mean running out and getting stuck by no needle from this government. Because all of a sudden, they've quickly got vaccines lined up, and they've got all this other stuff just ready to rock. So pay attention. This thing is airborne. I'll leave links. This has been Dabu7. Peace. Peace. Anyway, um, so, you should say peace in the Middle East. I mean, come on. Let's... Anyway, so, that's uh, good old Dabu 7. I'm not advocating Dabu 7, okay, or his theology, uh, but he does have some good reports. Um, let's go further here. So, we have that. Now, we have Ebola outbreak can lead to gun confiscations and martial law. Um, gun confiscations and martial law are both plausible government responses to an Ebola outbreak in America. Considering recent policies by the Obama administration and the fact that the military has been preparing for domestic deployment for the past several years. Back in 2009, CNN reported that the U.S. Northern Command, or NORTHCOM, wanted to establish regional teams of military personnel to assist civilian authorities in the event of a severe outbreak in America. The plan calls for military task forces to work in conjunction with the Federal Emergency Management Agency, or FEMA. So, FEMA is going to be the ones, like we talked about last week, the ones doing gun confiscation. So, they want to have, they want to have um, military, the military working with FEMA. Like, the interview, or, or that meeting that I didn't play, because it was a little bit... I gave you the link to hear it, but it was these National Guard guys talking to their commander, and they are saying, listen, you're going to be under FEMA, and FEMA's going to be the ones doing the confiscation. The one National Guard guy says, well, that's against the Constitution, the Second Amendment. He says, I believe in all that. He says, but we're going to be under them. He says, well, I'm not doing gun confiscation. He says, well, you know, neither am I, but FEMA will be doing that. But the thing is, is that you know, if they're part of that system they may be highly compelled to do the very thing they say they would never do, especially if they say, hey, you know what, we, we got your family, and they're safe, they're safe, just do your job, be a good little Nazi, and we want, we want to make sure that, that you, your, your uh, family's protected, so we're, we're going to have them here all nice and cozy with us. Make sure that you do exactly what FEMA tells you to do, you know, so that's what I'm afraid that they're going to do. And I don't mean to call them Nazis. I'm saying that they'll, be, they'll want them to be like good little Nazis in that regard. And a lot of um, people that would have never, ever thought about doing like gun confiscation, if they pull that, if they're successful with the family thing, then you're going to have a lot of people blackmailed um, <clears throat> into doing the very thing they said they never would. So... Going further, um, there is no final decision on how the military effort would be manned, but one source said it would likely include personnel from all branches of the military, meaning personnel from all branches of the military under FEMA, which is what you don't want. A few months prior, Air Force General Victor Renault said NORTHCOM would provide, quote, assistance 
in support of civil authorities during an epidemic, adding that when requested and approved by the Secretary of Defense or directed by the President, federal military forces will contribute to federal support. Since then, the federal government created a new domestic command structure in which during a government-declared health emergency, the military would work under FEMA, here we go with that again, and the Department of Homeland Security for domestic operations with the National Guard. This command structure was leaked by a former MP, meaning military police, who secretly recorded a military briefing during last September in which the Army commander briefed him and other MPs on the domestic duties from FEMA during martial law. Now, that's the interview I told you about. i give you a link here if you want to watch it. Including escorting federal authorities as they confiscate firearms from Americans. So they're saying in the interview, we're not going to be confiscating them, but we'll be escorting FEMA, meaning giving them protection as they're doing door-to-door gun confiscation. <clears throat> but to make things even worse, top military brass have been giving the lit given the litmus test to officers from generals down to sergeants asking them if they will disarm or even fire on U.S. citizens, according to the retired U.S. Navy SEAL Benjamin Smith. And again, that's what they want. They, if, you don't, if you don't agree to that, if you're in a military commander function, well, guess what? You're going to be one of those ones downsized or fired or whatever. We're going to get to that in a second. Going back to the beginning of this administration, I have had friends within the community talking about how they were brought in and questioned with people from from more towards the top side. Um, the questioning resulted in, do you feel comfortable disarming American citizens? They want to know who's going to do it and who's not, so they know who they got to weed out ahead of time. They don't want to wait until things get bad to find this out, to find out there's maybe a whole bunch of loyal um, soldiers out there, commanders that won't do this. This likely explains the removal of at least 197 military officers, high-ranking, by the White House in the past five years. I mean, generals on down. Now, this report just broke this week. Army to force 550 majors to leave the service. It's not 550 privates. These are majors. Okay, that's a pretty high rank. And it's not like they're a dime a dozen. 550 in just the army are going to be forced to leave service? Hey, well, when you have all of the the foreign troops that they're going to probably have them working alongside, why do you need so many troops? Why do you need so many majors? Especially if they're loyal to to the Constitution. About 550 army majors, including some serving in Afghanistan, will soon be told they have to leave the service by next spring as part of a budget-driven downsizing of the service. The decision to cut Army majors comes on the heels of a move to slash nearly 1,200 captains from the ranks as well. I mean, this is, a, I mean, this is like full bore axing of, I believe, the the. Satan's undesirables in military service. We can have them in there if if they're going to be loyal to the United States. And in power grabs directly pertaining to the Ebola crisis, last week President Obama granted himself the power to apprehend and detain Americans who merely show signs of respiratory illness. And the Centers and Disease for Control is even ready to quarantine Americans who are not sick at all. 
I got into this last week in detail. I mean, this is just this is just pure total insanity what we're dealing with here. Draconian insanity. So, next report. What will you do if they make it mandatory for all Americans to take an Ebola vaccine? As the Ebola death toll rises and the images of bodies being abandoned in the streets of Liberia are broadcast around the globe. Now, Liberia is just the very place that I told you about. I watched the documentary the other night where they're eating all the the monkey bush meat. Now, granted, this was before the Ebola thing got into full gear, which was, I think, April was when it first started. It's probably like before that, but still. This is Liberia, the same place. I bet you all those people that they interviewed in that thing are believers now. Because most of the people they interviewed in that documentary were um, said, oh, I don't even believe in Ebola. <laughs> I'm like, wow. So I bet you're a believer now, if you're still alive. I mean, um, <clears throat> okay, so as Ebola te- death toll rises and the images of bodies being abandoned on the streets in Liberia broadcast around the globe, there have been a growing outcry for the scientific community to, quote, do something about the deadly virus. And as, quote, luck, lady luck, would have it, lucky Lucifer, okay, would have it, there is an experimental Ebola vaccine that is ready to be tested on humans next month. So, you know, everybody hang in there, all my listeners especially, you hang in there, because we got an experimental Ebola vaccine Coming next month. Maybe it's that one I heard about that's literally a combination of a rabies vaccine commingled with an Ebola vaccine. And that way you'll be immune from both rabies and Ebola. Okay? And then they're, granted, the, the vaccine's probably partially attenuated, meaning it's not fully killed. The viruses aren't fully killed. Maybe even it is, but still, it's some witch's brew concoction straight from the pit of hell. And you can get that, and, and you won't even probably be full, full, fully human anymore. Hey, I mean, if you look at I Am Legend with Will Smith, what you know what? That was a rabies vaccine. It was a rabies-based vaccine that supposedly got rid of cancer, their whiz-bang cancer cure. But hey, it turned you into a raven zombie, you know, in about, I don't know how many months or years, but, you know, that was kind of the trade-off. You know, you get to live out your days as a zombie. Uh, but hey, you know, and all of this stuff I've done lately on the rabies, how they're dropping these these packets of vaccines across wide swaths of America and in Texas, North Carolina, and other places to supposedly inoculate the local indigenous population of the animals so they won't get, quote, rabies. And how all of that is tied in with the drug companies. And I tell you, there's some really nefarious stuff going on with this vaccine and how it relates to rabies and now Ebola. I haven't even tied it all together yet, but... Um, if you key in rabies in the keyword search box, you'll see the studies where I've, I've done recently on rabies and how this is relating to these vaccines. And now they're saying they're going to possibly yoke it up with Ebola, which is really, you know, two fun things that occur that, you know, you could contract. And I think it's a great combo, you know. So um, that'll be, this experimental Ebola vaccine will be ready to be tested on humans next month. And so that's, that's comforting. Um, okay, so continuing further, if Ebola starts to spread outside of Africa, and especially if it starts spreading inside the United States, people will be absolutely clamoring to get this vaccine. Not everyone, but many. 
And there will certainly be also millions of people in the know that do not want to take this vaccine under any circumstances because they're educated. And this is why the Bible says that my children are destroyed for lack of knowledge and that we're not to be ignorant of Satan's devices lest he get an advantage of us for these reasons here. You know, this vaccine, <laughs> who knows what's going to do to your DNA. Um, and again, it's always about defiling our DNA. Going all the way back to Genesis 6. So, let's go further here. Um, <clears throat> uh, so if the outbreak gets bad enough, will it be made mandatory at some point, if they do make it mandatory for all Americans to take an Ebola vaccine, what will you do? Um, up until now, there's never been a vaccine for Ebola, but as Dr. Anthony Fauci of the National Institutes of Health recently told CBS this morning, that could change very soon. They say that this vaccine, if this vaccine is approved, it could potentially be available to the public at some point in 2015. If a full-blown Ebola epidemic is raging at that time, the demand will be overwhelming. Uh, but many people will not be satisfied to just get the vaccine themselves. They will want everyone living around them in their communities to get vaccinated as well for the sake of the herd immunity. And again, why, if you want to take that that poison death shot from hell, why on God's green earth would it matter if your neighbor got it? Because you're protected. If you if you if you did this and 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 had your family do it, well then you're supposedly protected. Now, they want to impose their will. They're going to have, they're going to try to get everybody in that mentality of imposing, uh, your will or, or, or the will of the government on humanity, essentially. They will argue that those that refuse to get the, the Ebola vaccine are endangering public health, which is total garbage. So could politicians make the Ebola vaccine mandatory for all Americans at some point? And again, the report I did um, on the avian flu proves unequivocally that back Spanish flu of 18, 1919, 1918, the people that got, the, the ones that died literally within a day were the ones that got vaccinated. Multiple eyewitness accounts of they were the ones that died. Okay? The vaccines killed them. And this is going to be something, I believe, very similar. And it might be part where it's a vaccine plus the chemtrails they're spraying plus stuff they're doing in the water, binary or tertiary agents, that ultimately get you to kick the bucket. But one way or another, that's how they're probably going to try to pull this off. Hey, they got to get the population out of 500 million, according to Georgia Guidestone. So they got to start sometime. I mean, they've been trying a lot of other things, but it hasn't been aggressive enough. Uh, so let's go further. <clears throat> So, could politicians make the Ebola vaccine mandatory for all Americans at some point? According to a paper by Jared P. Cole and Catherine S. Swindeman, many states have already laws that allow for mandatory vaccinations during a public health emergency. Uh, Many states also have laws providing for... You know, it's unbelievable to me that that any whatever, quote, government would have the audacity, audacity to say no... You do this. This is mandatory. You have no right over your own body or over your family's bodies. You have no right. We tell you what to do. No, I don't think so. I don't think so in the name of Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh-uh. No. You're not my God. I don't worship you. And if what you're telling me to do is not of God, I'm not going to do it. So, the Lord Jesus Christ rebuke you, Satan. Satan. 
is pretty much how I feel about that whole thing. So let's go further. Uh, generally, the power to order such action rests with the governor of the state or with a state house. You know what? No, nobody's given that power. Nobody, nobody in, in the realm of, of humanity, from a biblical standpoint, has ever been given the power to say, I impose my will on you and you do exactly what I say or you die. I mean, that's not righteous, is what I mean. It, that should never, ever, obviously, be that way. But that's essentially what they're saying here. Okay, because I believe that this is, you know, this could literally be a matter of life and death with this vaccine. I've covered this issue from so many angles over the years, and it's just hard to rehash it all, but you can cut, just key in vaccinations in the keyword search box at continuefortruth.com, and you'd see just a fraction of the studies I've done on the subject. So, for example, the government may have the power to supplement the state's existing compulsory vaccination programs and institute additional programs in the event of a civil defense emergency period. Now, this is why the more people that are educated about this, the better, because the more pushback there would be, let's say if this does happen, the harder and harder and harder it's going to be for them to implement this. And there's more people educated about this vaccination issue than, I think, percentage-wise, than there ever was in times past. They're, they're, and that's growing. But people are, are, are understanding how wicked these things are and, and how wicked even things like the flu shots and stuff like that are. More people are getting up to speed and getting educated. So, um, or a state health officer may, upon declaration of public health emergency, order an individual to be vaccinated, quote, for quote, communicable diseases that have significant morbidity or mortality and present a severe danger to public health. No, you don't. You don't have that right. You never will in the name of Jesus Christ. I don't care what unjust laws that you have on the books. You know, there's, it's going to come a time where it's just impossible to not be break. I mean, it's, it's that time is we're living in already. It's impossible not to be breaking laws because they have so many thousands of laws on the books that you might be doing something and you're breaking the law, you have no idea that you're even doing it. This is this would fall under that classification, you know. So going further, uh, let's see here. In addition, exemptions may be provided for medical reasons or where objections are based on religion or conscience. However, if a person refuses to be vaccinated, he or she may be forced quarantined during the public health emergency. Oh, what, in one of your FEMA camps? I don't think so on that level either. You know? So, again, the either, you know, okay, you don't want to, okay, you have a re- religious exemption, okay, fine. You go to our FEMA camp. I, no, I don't think so. I don't think so. You don't have power over my body. You've never been granted that authority. You know, only the Lord Jesus Christ, as far as I'm concerned, has that authority over me. Not some man or some devil organization working for Satan because they know what's best for me. I don't think so. So, state statutes may also provide additional authority to permit specified groups of persons to be trained to administer vaccines during an emergency. Oh, I can see this a roving bunch of of people, all of a sudden they got a badge and guns, and they think that they're going to impose their will on everybody, and there's a lot of people out there that love that kind of power trip stuff, you know. Um, So, administer vaccines during an emergency in the event of insufficient healthcare professionals are available 
for vaccine administrations. Well, the health authorities got vaccinated, they're all dead, so then they got to bring a new group that maybe survived or whatever. So what about on a national level? Well, that has never been done before. We were talking about state levels there. That's never been done before, but it doesn't mean that the Obama administration would not try. Barack Obama seems to believe that the power of the presidency is virtually endless. And we have already seen him sign a series of very frightening executive orders. In fact, as I noted the other day, Obama just signed an executive order that gives him the power to apprehend and detain Americans that just show symptoms of diseases that are associated with fever and signs and symptoms of pneumonia or other respiratory illnesses or are capable of being transmitted from person to person and that either are causing or have the potential to cause a pandemic or upon infection or highly likely to cause mortality or serious morbidity if not properly controlled. And we know that the devil Obama has our best interests at heart, right? I mean, we know that, that he really does care about us. So this, I'm sure that this would never be used in any kind of uh, evil or nefarious way. It would seem like it would be too much, like it would be, it wouldn't seem like it would be too much more of a stretch for him to sign an executive order requiring the vaccination of all Americans in the event of a major Ebola outbreak. And if we were in the middle of a full-blown pandemic where millions of Americans were dying, a large chunk of the uneducated sheeple people population would definitely support such a move. In addition to the Ebola vaccine that is being developed, it is also conveniently turns out that there are several experimental Ebola drugs in the works as well. For example, it is being reported that two health American health workers that contracted Ebola while working in Africa have had their lives saved by one of these experimental drugs, the two missionary workers infected with the Ebola virus were given an experimental drug called ZMAP that seems to have saved their lives. I mean, if that's what we can believe what they're telling us. Needless to say, the company that makes this experimental drug, MAP Biopharmaceutical Inc., stands to make a giant pile of money by the time this crisis is over. And that's what this is all about as well. Death and money. Killing people and making lots of money. And another drug company called Tikmyra Pharmaceuticals is also getting a lot of attention right now. According to CNN, shares of Tecmyra Pharmaceuticals soared 40% last week alone. Now from last week, I reported Tecmyra Pharmaceuticals, a company working on an anti-Ebola drug, just received $1.5 million in cash from none other than Monsanto, the most wicked, evil, satanic organization probably on planet earth and they got 1.5 million from from satan santo i mean monsanto so we know that they're they're yoked up with a good bunch of people you know we know they're on the right they're on the right team they're on satan's a team and so nothing could go wrong there i give you a link if you want to uh, read the press release and Techmyra pharmaceutical corporation is a biopharmaceutical company focused on advancing novel RNAi therapeutics. Now you have RNA and DNA, ribonucleic acid, and then DNA. Okay, so this is something that's most likely, whatever they're working on, is going to change, I, I would almost guarantee you, you on some kind of genetic level. Your RNA, your DNA, whatever. Nanorobots, um, uh, uh, foreign DNA in the vaccines, Lord only knows what they're going to put in these shots. And when people are maximally desperate 
and they roll this thing out, they're not going to even care. Just give me the shot. I just want to live. Literally, I believe that the whole source of this is to literally change large swaths of the population. So much so, on a DNA standpoint, that they're not even fully human anymore. Now, there's a big push for transhumanism. What's transhumanism? Well, that's the whole changing us, us evolving into our next stage of evolution. This is where Darwinism comes into play. If you buy into that garbage, okay? This is our next step in evolution. Now, what are all the ascended masters that say they're going to come and save humanity? They say we've got to go from the age of Pisces into the age of Aquarius, that we have to take our next step in evolution. But there will be sacrifices required, okay? There will be microchips, Oh, you mean like the mark of the beast? Yeah, and probably neural implants. Well, what are you then? You're a cyborg. You're not fully human. Okay? You've literally got circuitry in your body that is not indigenous to your body that is actually calling the shots. You're not fully human anymore. Well, then can you get saved? I don't I don't know. I I but you might not be able to. Jesus Christ didn't come back to the earth and and die and bleed on the cross. And, and be resurrected on the third day to save our souls so that he could save a cyborg. Or that he could save a Nephilim, somebody that's not fully human. Or to save somebody that's whose DNA has been so altered, they're not fully human anymore. Now, where's the line on that? I don't know. But I know one thing, it sure is not going to help anybody get saved. And that's what this is all about. This is all about Satan getting you into hell as quickly as possible. And while you're here... Getting you as defiled as humanly possible so you will do his bidding. When it's all said and done, that's what it's about. So, when you got Monsanto giving Techmira Pharmaceuticals a $1.5 million in cash infusion for their, for their new whiz-bang Ebola drug, <laughs> um, and it's an RNA-based therapeutic, and it also incorporates a lipid nanoparticle delivery technology. Nanoparticle? Oh yeah, that too. Like the injectable nanorobots? Well, I don't know. Your guess is as good as mine. But anytime I see nano, I my red flags come up. Red flags. Nanotechnology? Yeah, red flags. And like injectable nanorobots like Itachi's had for a lot of years that can literally put it in the shot. And you might be full of, quote, nanites. Uh-huh, yeah. Guess what? You're not even fully human anymore. Now, I'm not going to say it unsaves you, but this is not something you want to be messing around with, is the point I'm trying to make. This is evil, wicked, satanic technology, and they want to get it into your veins and into your body. I don't trust, I don't trust Satan any far. I can throw him, and this is what we're talking about. We're talking about Satan. Okay? The U.S. Department of Defense already has also a $140 million contract awarded to Tecmyra for its Ebola treatment drugs. So you got Monsanto and the U.S. Department of Defense already heavily, heavily yoked up with this Tecmyra Ebola drugs. And guess what? It's RNA and nanoparticle based. RNA, DNA. Only God knows what happens to you on a spiritual level if you get this bad boy injected into you. You know, Johnny's not the same Johnny he used to be. He's acting rather malevolent these days after he got that Tecmyra whiz-bang Ebola vaccine. He's just, 
He's acting very Ted Bundy-like. He's acting very uh, three-state killing spree-like. I don't know. I don't understand the change. And Aunt Matilda, she's, she's you know, she's really, um, keep her away from that meat cleaver. Because she's not acting the same either. I don't know. I just, I can't imagine what happened. I mean, I know I'm making light of this, but it's like I'm trying to inject a little bit of humor into this horrific subject that we're talking about. And I, yes, I am that adamant about it. This is something I've been, like, back from 06. I don't know if there's anybody on the planet Earth that screamed louder about this from a vaccine standpoint and what it could be doing to you on a spiritual level. I don't know of anybody that talks about that part. And I know you you say, well, you, you said anybody. Well, I don't know of any ministry that talks about what these vaccines could be doing to you on a spiritual level. Maybe there are other ones. I don't know. And, and may, I'm sure some of my listeners have that, that also do their broadcasts. So I shouldn't say it that way. Um, and I appreciate that. But I'm just trying to use common sense here. <laughs> this cannot be good. If Ebola turns out to indeed to be a horrific global health crisis, there will be opportunities for certain companies to make billions upon billions of dollars. And if Ebola does start spreading rapidly in this country, there will be millions of Americans that are begging for whatever solutions the drug companies come up with. There's going to be a lot of people willing to do whatever they've got to do to save their own skin. Even if it's just to burn in hell forever. You know, they don't know that, but I'm just saying that they, they'll do whatever they got to do to just eke out another minute. I'm just saying that's human nature. Apart from Jesus Christ, it's human nature for most people. So, next report: Why does the CDC own a patent on the Ebola invention? E- Ebola invention? Yeah. From a patent description on Ebobun, the Ebobun virus, we know the U.S. government. Number one, extracts Ebola viruses from patients. Two, claims to have invented that virus. Huh, really? They invented the Ebola virus? Yeah, kind of like they invented the AIDS virus, HIV, and they put it in the hepatitis B vaccines in 1978 and gave it to the gay male population in Chicago, New York, and San Francisco, and also gave it to a whole bunch of African Americans in Africa. And maybe that's why the homosexuals... Um, were the ones that were really the ones spreading the AIDS virus and have been pretty much ever since because they have unprotected you-know-what kind of intercourse, which is very, very unsafe. And And then you've got the Africans where AIDS is rampant. Yeah, they invented that too. You know? Dr. Uh, Horowitz, key in um, emerging viruses, Dr. Leonard Horowitz, he did the whole thing. The Robert Gallo admitted to it. They created it in the lab. So, why wouldn't they admit to um, actually creating the Ebola virus? Well, yeah, but it came from monkeys. Maybe they gave it to the monkeys first. Maybe that was their beta test in Africa. They do a lot of beta testing over in Africa to see if what they're going to do is going to they're going to be able to pull it off on a global scale because they're all considered expendable anyway. They don't want the blacks here. The blacks are going to be the first. Um, population they want to kill off. You talk about, um, you know, uh, racist. Who <laughs> Illuminati at the top of the heap on that? I mean, that's from their own writings. 
So, from this patent description of the Ebobon virus, we know that the U.S. government, number one, extracts Ebola viruses from patients, probably so they can know how their little science project is mutated. Two, claims to have invented that virus. Three, files for monopoly patent protection on the virus. The U.S. Centers for Disease Control owns a patent on a particular strain of Ebola known as Ebobon. Its patent number is and here's a link to it, is CA2741523A1. And it was awarded in 2010. Patent applicants are clearly described on the patent as including the government of the United States of America as represented by the Secretary, Department of Health and Human Services, Center for Disease Control. The patent summary says, quote, the invention provides the isolated human Ebola virus denoted as the bun debugo, bugyo, or ebobun, which is deposited with the Center's Disease for Disease for Control and Prevention in the CDC Atlanta, Georgia, United States of America on November 26, 2007, and accorded an ascension number, and that's given as well. So hopefully you can see this is this just really really stinks rotten the whole thing around this Ebola outbreak and this is stuff I didn't even cover last week so let's go further next report CDC hosting an Ebola health law webinar to instruct on legal powers of health officials during an Ebola outbreak I mean again just suspend everything Anything goes. You can get injected. You have no right, more right over your body. We can come in and do whatever we want to you. It's basically what it sounds like to me. Was what they're, they're setting things up for. With the main experimental Ebola drug creator recently caught joking about culling the population. We're going to play that clip. The news unfolding on the Ebola front in America and around the world is not pleasant. As shared in the videos below. Here's the first video. Exposed experimental Ebola drug creator caught joking about culling of 25% of the world's population. I'm going to go ahead and roll this. This is Dapu7. I want to share with you some rather disturbing information when it comes to the men that are supposed to be responsible for creating or being a part of what's said to be a cure or the serum that is being used on these patients. Now all of Africa is wanting what the two people in America just got. And the man that is being you know, charged with this task is the man sitting right here. Okay, so you're seeing a, a um, some type of symposium where it's a panel of speakers and the guy that, that it developed this serum. And again, look at, look at what happens. Oh, the... Um, that we get the two uh, doctors over here in Atlanta, we give them this magical serum, and they're cured. So now everybody in Alaska, or, uh, uh, Africa's wanting to get their hands on this. And this is the devil right here that created the serum that we're going to be talking about. And this man is using these tobacco products, tobacco leaves, um, to bring this serum about, and I'm saying it took a long time, a lot of money, but they said that if they really wanted it, they could probably have them 10,000 of these serums in a month. And they're like, well, that's like a miracle within a month. 
And like, well, yeah, but then it starts to get kind of creepy when you look into this guy himself and what he's been caught saying. Uh, this is a good catch, once again, by uh, Truthstream Media. They point out in this video, and I'll leave a link so you guys can read the full article and watch the video, but they point out the guy right comes right out and says it, um, jokingly, of course, but they ask him, you know, we've got 8 billion people on the planet, yada, yada, how do we do this? He jokes about a movie and says, you know, we can wipe out, just make a stronger virus, and we can wipe out some 25% of the population on the planet. And they're laughing about it. And now this man is the same man that's supposed to be ushering in this new serum, potential cure. Just doesn't sit well with many folks. I figured I would point it out and share it with you. I'll leave links. It's Madabu7. Okay, so now we're going to actually hear this fork-tongued devil joke about this and have a little bit more information about this. So get this, everybody. The guy developing the experimental Ebola treatment has joked about calling humanity. It doesn't get much creepier than this. Yeah, this is really creepy. This is Dr. Charles Arnson of Arizona State University. He's the guy who's behind growing vaccines and tobacco plants for DARPA. He's also the guy... DARPA. Okay. I mean, Satan's right arm, essentially. This guy is working for DARPA, and he's he's the one behind this serum, this Ebola serum, and he's joking about culling humanity. Meaning that, you know what? Maybe it is like I Am Legend, where you get the serum, but boy, oh boy, you got to pay a price a little bit down the road there that you might not want to pay. I'm not going to say it's going to turn you into a zombie, but, I mean, Lord knows what might be behind this or what might be down the road waiting for you if you get this serum. Behind the experimental treatment that was given to the Ebola-infected Americans they flew in. And he's also this guy that we reported on back in July 2013 joking about culling large swaths of the population with a genetically engineered virus. And he's one of these elite scientists in the cutting edge of bioengineering who are using it to develop things like edible vaccines. He was going to create a banana vaccine to give to the third world. He had a bunch of Rockefeller Foundation funding and so forth that would have medicine grown into the plant or the fruit. And you can use basically any medicine. And speaking of growing things into plants, he's also worked with Dr. Mitch Hine of Epicyte. Not sure if you guys remember Epicyte, but they were really popular back in the early 2000s because they were growing pharmacorn, genetically engineered corn, with anti-sperm antibodies in it. And of course, he's also worked for DARPA. One of the things he did is work on stockpiling an anthrax vaccine or an anthrax treatment for the military. But his words at this lecture here are just sick. It's incredible what he said. Listen to his response about should we feed the world when there's 8 billion people. And uh, should we concern ourselves with feeding 8 plus billion in the first place, or should we allow natural forces of carrying capacity to affect... Should we let disease, war, and pestilence wipe people out? So, thoughts on this. Has anybody seen contagion? Okay, now that's that's this devil doctor talking. That was a picture... There was a question from from the thing about 
should we allow whatever? And then he says, well, has anybody seen the show Contagion, the, the movie? Okay. Here he's going to talk more. <laughs> That's the answer. Go out and use genetic engineering to create a better virus. Oh. <laughs> Kill the world. You know. That's what he's saying we should be doing. He's very matter-of-fact about it. And there's some chuckling in the audience and things of this nature. But, you know, this is this is their mindset. <laughs> That's so funny, isn't it? Oh, and so he's literally ripping the plot from a Hollywood thing where they use martial law in the wake of a huge epidemic. Either way, this guy is working on the treatments for Ebola. I mean, this is the last person on the face of the planet that you want joking about creating a genetically engineered virus to wipe out large amounts of people. The guy who's now working on the new fast-tracked through the FDA Ebola treatment to treat the Ebola virus, we've shown you before in our reports, is being caused by the Ebola version that our CDC has a patent for. Yeah, trust that guy. Trust him. Uh huh. Has anybody seen Contagion? <laughs> That's the answer. Go out and use genetic engineering to create a better virus. So, Contagion is the answer, that movie. Um, so, you've got this devil, this demon possessed devil working on this serum, or the, or the creator of this serum, that supposedly just took, cured the two in Atlanta. And then you've got Tecmyra, uh yoked up with Monsanto and the Department of Defense that has their RNA nanoparticle uh, vaccine that they're working on. And then you have the CDC admitting that um, it owns the Ebola virus and it, the Ebobun virus that they've actually patented They've claimed to have invented it and filed for monopolies on patent protection in the virus. I mean, there's no red flags here. I, I would trust every one of these, these uh, whether it's the serum, the vaccines, the, trust them all implicitly and do whatever you're told, you know, because I think that obviously we can see they have our best interests at heart. Okay? So I think I've been too harsh in times past, and, and I must um, I must repent from taking such a harsh stand against these obviously benevolent, wonderful um, uh, organizations that truly do have our best interests at heart. Anyway, let's go further. From PreventEbola.com, the Centers for Disease Control will be hosting a webinar for health officials next week to go over the legal powers and duties health department personnel have if an Ebola outbreak occurs in the United States. This is where they instruct health officials on the legal power to order quarantines, forcibly relocate the general public if they decide to, and forcibly deal with people who refuse such things as vaccines. Um, So that sounds good. That sounds like all good stuff. Why does this give us a very creepy feeling? For anyone who is interested, the link below is to the model public health emergency law written by the CDC and sent to all 50 states for enactment into law at the state level. This went to the states around the year 2001. And to date, about 44 of the 50 states have enacted all or part of the plan, and it is very disturbing. The document mentions the word quarantine 75 times. The document mentions the word force 19 times, 
uh, although it does in the context of enforce. The document mentions the word evacuate three times and, so, and does so in the context of evacuating populations. They basically give themselves the power to do anything they want, to anyone they want, anytime they want, all in the name of public safety. And if anyone refuses, they give themselves the right to use force. You know, well, my God created the universe. You know, and um, he's perfectly capable of dealing with satanic hordes, which is what I would, I, would, I would classify anybody working with the Big Brother government in order to impose their um, evil, wicked will on innocent people. So, Bible says in Psalm 64.1, and again, this is why I've emphasized this psalm, and I just believe it's pertinent. Hear my voice, O God, in my prayer. Preserve my life from the fear of the enemy. Hide me from the secret counsel of the wicked, from the insurrection of the workers of iniquity. And this is what the whole purpose of these types of psalms are, is is you're asking God to hide you. Jesus Christ talked about, pray that you be accounted worthy to escape all the things that are coming upon the earth and to stand before the Son of Man. So that's another thing we, we should be praying for, to be accounted worthy, and for God to hide us from the secret counsel of the wicked and from the insurrection of the workers of iniquity. I'll give you a link to my teaching on, in Precatory Prayer, Psalm 64, God's judgment on wickedness and a Christian's door of hope. So that's, that's something else to... Uh, consider there. Okay, so I've reached um, pretty close to my time limit here on uh, part two. We will go to part three next, and we'll see you there. God bless you.